It's time for the number one podcast in skating. Brought to you by the world's number one skateboarding shoe, Vans. The original since 1966, baby. And this week, we talking about the Gilbert Crockett Pro 2 again. You know why? Because it's the hottest shoe out right now. And Gilbert just dropped that fresh gospel part on Thrasher Meg, one of the hottest skaters out right now, too. So you know, we trying to track him down and get him on this show. The Crockett Pro 2 isn't just any other skate shoe. When it comes to durability, you know they got that fully fused Duracap <laughs> support and board feel. Yo, we got that Vans Waffle Cup outsole construction. And when it comes to impact cushioning, they got that Ultra Cush HD. Vans' highest level of impact cushioning, baby. The Gilbert Pro 2s are straight game changers. Donovan's been scared to back 50 round rails his entire life. But boy, do we have a surprise for y'all. Remember earlier this season when I banged on that triple kink in my Kyle Walker's front side? Well, guess what? Times have changed, and so is my skating. And I'm out here in the Gilbert Crockett 2 Pros now, and I'm hitting that shit backside. Gonna look nice and crispy, a little one-two punch in my Sodi video part. Over the past few months, I've watched Dono go from straight trash to having the gnarliness of Kyle Walker. The style and grace of Chima Ferguson, the versatility of Elijah Burrell, and now he's just added the power of Gilbert Crockett to become the most complete skateboarder of all time. Go get your Vans now. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. What up, you? It's episode 10, and this one, we gonna make a real attempt to stay true to ourselves, dog. <laughs> My dog, what you saying? Yo, I'm straight chilling, blood. <laughs> Little brain dead, you know what I'm saying? Fresh off that nine days in Nicaragua, so bear with me, y'all. <laughs> I got rid of that beer gut in a month and a half of sobriety and activity, and it came right back, you smell me? They call me Don Tonya. <laughs> Down in Nicaragua, and if you don't know what a Tonya is, hey, hey, I've been sipping them for nine days straight, I'll tell you that. Oh man, your energy levels are building already, my dog, I love it. So, y'all know what it is, I'm D. Jones, he's the ghost, and Ants one, he's giving up touchdowns like it's his day job. You know why I'm here. It's a cool thing, still. Yo, this week, yo, it's a special thing, a real special thing. We got one of my favorites of all time, one of the best to ever step foot on a board, the one, the only, the French connection, Bastien Salabanzi. You smell me? Let's get it, blood. What about the rest of the show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest? Yeah, yeah. We answering them questions. You know, the bunt, mailbox, whatever, post office. Yeah, that's the one. And then we taking y'all to the rundown. Got some NBA big trades popping and things. It's going to be a special week, y'all. All right, before we get into it, y'all know what it is. Definitely like us on Facebook. You know, we reposting everything that goes on our Insta goes on the Facebook, you know. Just give us a little like. Then follow us on Insta at The Bunt Live for the freshest vids and stolen pictures you'll find. And then, as always, sending them emails to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes, five-star rating, all that jazz, you know what I'm saying? Show your boys some love, yo. 
All right, why did we interview Bastion Salabanzi, dog? Hit it from the heart, man. Oh, man. This young dog came over to the States when he was 14. Imagine that. He came, he came to the States a young pup and went straight, and I mean straight to the top, winning contests with his eyes closed, putting out the most ridiculous video parts the skate world's ever seen. He became a man, and then, as we all know, he went, went back to Europe. There's a lot of mystery around that. You know we got to the bottom of it. And uh, now he's back like Cook Crack, making it pop. Primitive pro. Mr. Salabanzi, man. Part of some of our favorite videos coming up. The flip videos. Appleyard, Bastion, PJ. You know we was watching them over and over again. Pro skateboarder. Riding for Primitive, one of our favorite board brands. You know, Save is going to be the next pro on there. <laughs> yeah. Also riding for Rockstar, Thief Trucks, Bud Skate Shop, Soldier Grip. Man, we ain't going to make y'all wait any longer. Let's get into it. We're excited to have... A legend in the game, Mr. Bastion Salabanzi in the building. How's it going, man? I'm good. How about you guys? We're good, man. It's great to have you here. Hell yeah. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure, man. So uh, first question we ask everyone is your uh, favorite sports moment and favorite skateboard moment. Favorite sport moment? I remember watching the All-Star game when uh, Vince Carter just killed it. Oh. That year we just like annihilated everybody. <laughs> I remember that very vividly, so... I would have to choose that. We love Vince Carter. Dude, he was amazing. For sure. Yeah, we're in Toronto, so that that's our guy. Oh, damn, I didn't know that, too. Yeah, he's been killing it. And he's still killing it. Yeah, I know, man. 40 years old. A lot of history in Toronto. He's also got some history in France. I'm sure you remember that, too. What? No, I don't know about it. When he dunked over the seven-foot Frenchman. Oh, shit. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. We all do. We all remember that. <laughs> that was dirty. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, your favorite skate moment? Favorite skate moment? Probably when I first saw my son, like, skating, like, actually standing up and, like, dropping off, of, like, a little box at the skate park. Like, wow. That was a, that was a pretty, like, uh, unbelievable moment right here That's to see amazing. him, you know, be hype on, like, you know, doing a little trick. So I would have to go for that. That's awesome. Does he have a mean uh, half-cab flip and backside flip like his pops yet? <laughs> not not yet. Not, not any tricks. He's trying to pop all his, you know, but... <laughs> Right now, he's more into BMX than skateboarding. I let him do his things, you know? Yeah. Damn. So take us back to your childhood, and uh, how'd you get into skating? Well, it was pretty random. Like, I was living in a really small city where we had uh, pretty much no, uh, like, skate crew around or not really, like, uh, I mean, I don't remember growing up, like, watching skaters, you know? And I randomly went snowboarding, like, in the Alps when I was about eight years old. And then uh, coming back from there, I just... Uh, so two dudes pushing around on the parking lot and one of them just did like an ollie on the ground and I've never saw that in my life and I was like whoa that was like so cool right there I had to figure out how I did that so I just asked my mom like until she finally bought me a board you know I was like mom I need a skateboard please please buy me a skateboard <laughs> and she finally gave up you know and that's how I started you got to thank that, try and find that dude who did the ollie, changed your life. <laughs> we all got to thank him. <laughs> yeah, I think about it sometimes, man. I'm like, I wonder if, you know, like, I would ever see him ever again. But, yeah, that was magical, man. That was sick. That's amazing. Go out snowboarding and you just see a guy in the parking lot and it changed your life. Yeah, and it was actually pretty funny because, like, like I told you, there was no skaters where I grew up. It was a really small city, so I skated by myself. And uh, 
I just had fun with my board, go to school with it and stuff. And there was a little spot with like just three stairs. And I used to just go like super fast and just kind of put my balance on the back, yeah. on the tail kind of, and drop off of those three stairs. And, and a random dude came in the street. He's like, dude, do you know how to ollie? I'm like, no, what's that? He grabbed my board, did an ollie with it. I was like, oh my God, that's it. <laughs> I grabbed him by the by the the shirt i'm like man please please like tell me how you just did that so he told me like how to do it you know and then after a half an hour an hour i just like barely lift my board from the ground and that was it i was hooked for life right there so that did kill it that one just changed my whole perspective perspective on skateboarding i was like oh my god that's it like <laughs> i can actually like jump over like a, a match you know <laughs> yeah, that was awesome <laughs> that's it so how did you first get discovered by the flip squad I went and uh, do a contest like about an hour from where I used to live in Marseille and uh, Rune Glifberg was there skating the vert ramp and uh, I guess he saw me skate the contest and then when he went back to the States I guess he spoke to uh, Ian Deacon and Jeremy Fox about me and then uh, I got a phone call from them they were like dude would you would you be down to come in Cali and skate with with us at first obviously they they sent me packages and stuff and it was amazing, you know, back then I was skating for 16 skateboard, like, um, I don't know if you remember, they used to have like Invisible and then like a young team of teenagers and that was kind of like the, the 16 kind of squad and then, yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? Of course I'm down to go to Huntington <laughs> Beach and skate with you guys, you know, and so that was the first time I met Jeff and a um, little later after that I met Arto and all those dudes, that was just unbelievable, man, like, you arrive at 14 years old in Cali and the guy that opened the door and said, look after you is like Jeff Rowley, you know? So that was like just crazy, man. Coming from like a small city in France to that was just a dream, you know? It was amazing. Changed my life, dude. 14, man. I couldn't imagine that skating with Rowley and, and Arto. It was unbelievable, man. Yeah, well, it didn't take you long to fit in with those guys and get on their level. You're on an absolute tear during the Flip Sorry trilogy. Oh, thanks, man. You and your teammates were the best of the best at the time. What were those sessions like? Uh, it was crazy, man. Like, I mean, Arto back then was, like, from the day he came in the van, like, he was just shredding everything, you know? Like, I remember going on session with those guys, and in France, we never skated, like, handrails, you know? Like, there was no, like, 10 stairs or 8 stairs to skate. Like, only rails I skated were, like, tiny ones at the skate park. And uh, we went to uh, to UCI, and, dude, like, just watching how... Um, Jeff and Arto were skating that thing like if it was nothing, you know, within like 15 minutes, like Arto probably did maybe six or seven tricks, like if it was nothing from 50-50, front board, nose blunt, volley grind, Jeff did like lip slide, back lip, stuff like that. I just remember thinking like, oh my God, where am I at? Like <laughs> those dudes are just not even human, you know? Like I remember that Ed Templeton was there too, like front feeble did, like she was nothing. I was like, oh my God, like what did I get myself into? Those guys are insane, yo. Like, but uh, yeah, like when you're 14, 15, you go skate with those guys every day. I'm not even mentioning filming for a video. You just want to push yourself every day. You know, you skate some spots that you never been on before and start skating bigger and bigger and, uh, I guess that's how you progress, you know, skating with dudes that are way better than you, you know? So they helped me, like, uh, progress and push myself to, to get better on the board, of course. Absolutely. And you definitely did. Didn't take long to catch up with those guys. <laughs> take us behind the scenes on your kickflip frontside board down the uh, 17th stair in SF. 
What what was the first try for that? Like, can't imagine hopping on that thing for the first time. That was definitely the hardest thing, like to actually try once. You know, yeah. I remember uh, stopping a few times in front of it. I didn't have the balls at first to just go like on it first try. So I was like, okay, like I don't even, I don't think I front boarded or did any tricks before. No the flat ground was really smooth. So I was like, after a little bit, I'm like, okay, you know what? If I do like a perfect kick flip on flat ground. I turn around, I don't stop, and I kick flip front board the rail. So I push, I do a kick flip, bolts, and I'm like, all right, this is it. I turn around, and then I go for it. I kick flip front board the rail. The board kind of like I lost, I lose my balance, but far enough so I didn't get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. my board kind of shot shot out after like ten stairs or whatnot, and then it took me three more tries, and then I, I got the trick. Oh, oh my lord! So like four or five tries it took. That's insane. Yeah, for I think four tries. No front board to warm up. You're insane. Kick flip on flats. All he needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was like you know scary enough. I was like, I don't want to do anything else on that thing. I'll just go for it. <laughs> sometimes, or not sometimes. Usually, always the first try is the scariest. Oh yeah, man. That's that's what I learned over there. I was like, okay, you know what? You can't like overthink it and stop like 20 times in front yeah. of it because it's gonna come a time where you won't even have like uh, the will to jump on it. So sometimes you just gotta like just go for it you know so yeah i learned that with those dudes man where like you don't want to think about it for 10 minutes you just go for <laughs> yeah. it and that's and see what happened you know how wow. did you choose that trick what made you think like if i'm gonna hit this rail with one trick it's gonna be kick from board well back then i used to kick it from board a lot of rails uh either kick it from board or kick it back lip but back then i was a little little it was easier for me to kick it from board rails and i you know you obviously don't start by a 16 stairs so <laughs> i did kick it from board on like smaller rails and i was like man that rail in sf would be just perfect you know i never been there so i wasn't like i didn't think i was gonna do it or whatnot but the height of it mm-hmm. i was like i can get on on those type of rail you know where like Hollywood High is a little bit taller for someone of my size back then so I knew that rail in San Francisco was the right size for me to do it and uh, we're already on a mission filming for the flip video so I was like you know what that would be awesome if I get that trick yeah that's insane you got so you got out without a scratch you didn't get hurt no wonder you were so hyped you kicked your board into the wall (laughs) nothing (laughs) yeah I'm so glad man but you know those moments they happen like in a blur you know i can't really remember all the details mm-hmm. and and like you know everything before or after you know those those moments are are weird you know where you don't really remember any details on it yeah. but you just watch the footage and be like oh yeah that's right i did that <laughs> it's funny it's your adrenaline is pumping adrenaline junkie exactly exactly that's crazy So you were a long-time Vans rider. Uh, what's the story yeah. behind the move to Etnies? Well, you know, I got on Vans when I was really young. Like, I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Before I got on a Flip, actually, I was uh, I was riding for Vans, and uh, everything was great, man. I was so hyped to be with Jeff and uh, and Dustin. I mean, the, the team was amazing, like Ray Barbie, so many dudes that were like... Uh, I was looking up to growing up so it was just awesome but after a while uh, you know I just had a, the chance to to move on and uh, had the opportunity to go with uh, with Etnis and Arto used to write for it as well so I was like yeah, I won't be like just by myself randomly like I'll be with my friend and uh, that was cool man plus the owner is French too you know so the the vibe was right man and, uh, 
it was just the right time to do that, I guess. I don't know. There was no really a, spe a specific reason. I was just like ready to, to see what's up with another shoe brand back then. Right. From the outside looking in, it seemed like you were on top of the world, winning contests, coming out with ads like your cab flip front board, traveling the world, riding for Etnies and Flip. What went down with your breakup with Flip and the eventual loss of all your sponsors? Well, um, you know, when you start working with a, with a team when you're really young, they have a certain way of like, uh, I mean, obviously your personality and your, your character is like, you're, let's say you're way more flexible when you're like 14, 15 years old, you know, you're, you're just discovering everything, everything is new. And um, after a while, you know, I mean, I've stayed with Flip for uh, almost seven years, you know, and uh, they have their own way of doing things. Uh, they, I'm not going to get in any details, but they have a very strong opinion about what's dope, what's not, uh, what's trendy, what's not. And uh, I don't know, after a while, I was just like, you know, maybe I, we don't see things diff like in the same same way, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I, I want to skate a different way or maybe I want to feel a uh, different vibe around you know like uh, and I felt like he wasn't he wasn't the same as he was before I wasn't the same person as I used to be as well you know seven years later you're like 21 you're not like yeah. 14 anymore yeah. so yeah we just had different opinions I don't regret anything man I would do it again and again the flip time were some of the, my best ever you know like awesome memories with all those dudes but yeah it was just the right time uh, to go see something else and uh I missed friends a lot back then, you know, seven years in Huntington Beach, far from the family and my culture in France. And, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I thought it was the right time to, you know, see, see, uh, what's going on elsewhere, you know? Right. Uh, I remember there was rumors at the time of like, I don't know if this is true. You can confirm like they wanted you to kick front board El Toro and like <laughs> do all, all these crazy shit. It's not that they wanted me to, but, uh, it's, you know, it's never a, a good thing when uh, it's like it's like imagine if I would have like a, let's say you have like a hip hop label and then you sign an artist and then you start telling him like what to sing about mm -hmm. or what to what his flow should sound like or what he should sing about. You sign the dude in the first place because he was who he was. You know, yeah. he doesn't need you to tell him like what his style should be. So it's never a good thing. Uh, you, you can talk about it, but actually like. You know, you can kind of like joke about it, like around like, oh, yeah, what about this and that? But, yeah. you know, after a while, it starts to get like a little old, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like, and I wasn't in a state of mind where like I could just laugh about that, you know. Like when you're filming for a video part or whatnot, you're already push putting an enough pressure on yourself. You don't need someone to like tell you that you should go bigger or crazier, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was, it's not, that wasn't the reason at all, but that can always create certain tension between people when like you don't feel comfortable around those comments, you know, but no, that's not the reason, but you know, it's, it's not, I don't think it's put me in a good vibe or anybody when you tell him what to do on the skateboard, you know, we all, we all know what we got to do to put like a, a good video part out there. And we always obviously want to look the best, you know? So I thought they didn't have to worry about that. It was my problem you know yeah definitely it's not like you ever had a bad video part you're one of the best at putting together a good video part so yeah exactly i mean <laughs> and being on uh flip at such a young age like you're still growing up you know you don't know who you are yet you spend such a long time there you're just growing into yourself yeah exactly and you know i i think um 
yeah, like I told you, once I was like, you know, 21, seven years, kind of like living in the same kind of vibe. And uh, Huntington is, is kind of particular, you know, if you're not on your skateboard, I, I was really bored over there. Like if I wasn't skating, but I didn't really know what to do, you know, yeah. with myself. So yeah, I was kind of over it a little bit, like uh, living in Orange County and uh, I needed to see something else, you know. For sure. Yeah. So at what point did you decide to move back to France? After the breakup with Flip, you know, like uh, I basically grew up with those guys over there. That's all I knew, you know, Jeff, Arto, Mark. So when, uh, when I wasn't sponsored by Flip anymore, I was like, well, there's nothing holding me uh, in Cali, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't in a state of mind where I was going to send like sponsor me tape to different companies. I was just like, you know what, that's like kind of the what I was waiting for to go back to Europe, go back to France. So I just, I just split. I went back to France after, right after that. How did that work where once you broke up with Flip, the rest of your sponsors, they just all let you go as well? Or what happened with that? Because everything was linked. Let's say, even though there are different companies, I kind of got on through the same person. Let's say it would be kind of like if you have like an agent that takes care of all those uh, different sponsors and then, once, you know, you break up with that person, it's like a castle of cards. Everything just fall apart, you know? So, yeah, by splitting with Flip, everything followed behind it, you know, because everything was linked, you know? Quicksilver, Etnis, Flip, Fury, all those all those were linked, you know? So that was just a consequences of a living Flip, you know? Damn. And plus, by, by going back to France, I wasn't going to be able to be to be in the U.S., you know, as much, so... There was really no point. So when you moved back to France, you were off the grid for a little while. What were you up to? Um, still skating, but, you know, here and there. Like, I wasn't, I was living in Paris back then. And uh, so I used to go skate Bercy with some homies and stuff. But I wasn't really uh, skating as much. I was still skating, but not, not too much back then. I was more into playing the guitar, playing, like, uh, in jam sessions, in bars. And, uh, yeah, basically playing music, just chilling. And then uh, a year and a half later, I, uh, I had my first son. So I was really focusing on that too, you know, being a dad and having that huge change in my life. And uh, that was my priority, of course, you know. Wow. So when you moved back, because you left at such a young age, did you stay in contact with your friends? Because like you came, you left like a kid and basically you came back a young man. Was it, was it weird, like catching up with your old friends and stuff? Um. I mean, yeah, I was I was still in contact with, you know, my friends from the south of France where I grew up skating with. So, yeah, we're still, you know, like in contact and stuff. But, yeah, it was definitely weird that they saw me growing up, like, through videos and yeah. were following my, my career and everything, like, overseas. But, yeah, I was still, I was still like, super happy to see some of the, the guys over there from the Paris crew and stuff. Like, we used to be really tired in Bercy had a solid crew so i was so hyped to see all those guys again it was fun one of my favorite parts of yours legendary part was your lord's video part was insane the timeline if i'm not mistaken you were still on flipping everything and vans when did that happen yeah yeah i was like uh probably 16 17 years old i used to like 
at one point I moved to Barcelona. I used to, I still lived in Huntington Beach, but I had a house in Barcelona. So every now and then, like when I could, I used to fly back to Barcelona at home and uh, skate Magba all day long with the homies and stuff. And that was kind of when we filmed that Lord's video. So we went on a trip, maybe one or two trips in Barcelona, filmed a bunch over there, uh, a little bit in France too, Paris. We filmed the, this video actually really quick. Like uh, I remember, less than it took us less than a year to put that video together. So I'm, I was super hype on it. I was happy. All the team were really close friends, either from from France or from Spain. So we're like we were like a very tight crew. It was it was awesome filming with those those dudes, you know. Yeah, that was like a a bonus part for the people. Like you you had your stuff to take care of in the states, but you just like blessed us with a European part like out of nowhere. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's rare that like Wheels Company take the time to put like a solid video mm-hmm. together, you know. So and plus the team was just amazing. So that video was crazy. I was, I was super happy to be part of it. William Fawn, legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still <laughs> ripping. That was one of the original like uh, Kazaa videos, eh? Yeah. Everyone downloaded that one off the internet. <laughs> I, re- I read some crazy shit online about the owner of Lords. Like, I read a Louis Pasin interview, and it sounded like that got sketchy at the end and unfortunate for like the riders. Yeah, yeah the end was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Yeah, still very, very cool memories from then. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just sad that he ended up the way he did. Man, that was that was pretty shady. Yeah, what happened again? He just. Like he wasn't paying you guys or something? No, we were getting paid, but uh, at one point uh, he basically grabbed the money and ran. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, choose to choose to uh, remember the good times, man. Anytime you put a video part together or like a, a full-length video with your friends, those are the best times. They are, man, especially on the trips and stuff. The, the vibe were on, man. It was fun. It was fun. Everyone was killing it because everyone were feeling great. Yeah, man. Great memories. Oh, hell no. Bastion, hold up a sec. As Tom Penny would say, is that for real or is this really real? I think we're getting an update live from the streets. Let's check in. All right, thanks, boys. Back again, live and direct in the streets with a man I've known for a long time. Mm -hmm. Paul Rodriguez, a.k.a. P-Rod. Maybe AKA the first switch god ever. Say what's up to the people, Paul. What's up, Wade? What's up, people? How you doing? Started off all the same every time. Where are we at? Who are we with? Uh, we're in Manhattan Beach, California. We're with yourself, me, Spanish Mike, Trent McClung, Nick Tucker, Brian Peacock, Devin Calloway, uh, who else? Kevin Perez. I feel like I'm missing Taylor McClung, etc. Big crew, big squad. Favorite landing juice, Paul? Uh, I like a nice beer after I get a clip, for sure. What's the beer of choice? I usually do a St. Archer. Yeah, is there a specific type? You're not the IPA, man. What do you drink? What's the uh, St. Archer? I drink, I drink the blonde or the white ale. Sounds nice. You guys just came out with this video, the Opal video for Primitive. It's doing big numbers. Diego went pro. I mean, well-deserved. Dude's amazing. What's your feelings on the video? How do you feel? The response is coming and everything. Well, I feel really proud about the video. I, I feel really proud of like everybody on the team and, and the product that we all came together and created and put out. Uh, I'm happy for Diego. He's well overdue for being pro. He's obviously one of the top-notch dudes out there at this moment, and he's going to be killing it forevermore. So 
Yeah. Long, long career ahead of you. Um, you're working on a new shoe. Yeah. What's this? Your 25th? Yeah, fucking. <laughs> Not my 10th. 10th uh, shoe. This summer, I think June or July, it comes out. Feel very. Um, I, I feel good about this one. I like the way it's come along. Hyped on it. This. That's the one you were breaking in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I seen the samples. Looks, looks fresh. Okay. Flies. Nice. You got a lot of shoes, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been. Yeah. Been a long run. Yeah. Many more years to come. You're in the streets today. Yeah. You know, cop the clip. Got a clip. Keep it hush hush. Um, <laughs> be on Instagram, right? Wait. No, it's not. <laughs> What's next for Paul? Man, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, just uh, being out in these streets with you has been getting me excited and being out in the streets. So, really, I'm just living one clip at a time right now. That's amazing, man. Well, anything you wanna you wanna say to the people? Any last words? Thank you. Thank you so much. Skateboarding's awesome. I'm so hyped to be doing it uh, and still doing it. And uh, thank you, everybody out there who allowed that for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Paul. You want to send it back to the boys that's in Studio E? Seeing as how yeah. you're already a bunt um, yeah. ex guest. Okay. So, how about you send them off? Now, back to our friends at Studio E. Hot damn, yo. It's good to have Big Diz back in the building, back in the streets. And with Bunt alumni Paul Rodriguez himself, whoo, god damn, B, that's your main man, Bastion. Let's get back into the interview. So eventually we started to see you in the European contest circuit again. There's some incredible footage of you absolutely destroying contests and going bonkers with your celebrations. What made you want to get back into the spotlight? Well, it kind of happened naturally. Like after a while I was in Paris, I didn't skate much. And I was like, you know, I want to I wanna have fun again on my board and get that fire that hype being on my board so I went to the south of France where I grew up and they have like a massive skate park down there and all my friends that I grew up with so I wanted to see something else in Paris and I moved down south of France for a little while and started skating really hard at that skate park and then uh, that's when those contest period uh, you're talking about happened you know I skated a lot and felt comfortable on my board again went on a few contests I had no idea, no really, real expectation, but I just had so much fun on my, my board and felt good on it. So I went on to some, those contests and, uh, and had fun with it, you know, and uh, I did all right. Oh, there's one contest that I watched so many times on YouTube. Uh, you did this line where you didn't fall for like two minutes straight <laughs> and then you fell off the back of like the ramp. You remember that? You were getting so hyped. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Oh man, we gotta post that on Instagram for for anyone who hasn't seen it. Uh, what, what was going through your mind that day? You were you were on a mission. Uh, that contest was actually like a, a team contest. We were like four skating in the same time. You know, it was like four against four against four, like different teams. Right. And uh, it was really special because I was with my brother in the same team, and we started skating together. Wow. Then I moved to the U.S., really lo- lo- lost touch with him and everything. So being able to share that with him and to be on a contest with him and then two of my other homies were uh, were very special. So I was, like, super hyped. Like to, <laughs> we had to, like, I was on a mission to just tear it, you know, and to take take the win home, you know, so... I was super hyped to skate with my brother. That's amazing. So you were riding for Jart Skateboards, killing contests in Europe. Seemed like you had a good thing going. Were you content with that lifestyle, or did part of you always want to come back to the States and give it another shot? No, I was stoked, man. Like I was, uh, I was at home. Um, it was really easy to work with Jart. 
the team was awesome, the vibe was good. I, I was really comfortable, man. I never looked back and be like, oh, man, like I wish I was still in the States or anything. No, I was just very comfortable with uh, what was going on back then, you know. I was happy, man. Nice. When the industry turns its back on you, it's extremely hard to get back in. You're one of the few examples of a successful comeback. How did it feel getting a second shot through the Street League European tryout? Well, it was it was pretty unexpected. Actually, one of my friends from Barcelona, Winkle, who films a lot, uh, told me about um, a street league um, qualification through uh, the DC Embassy, like an indoor skate park in Barcelona. And they invited 25 European skaters to have uh, 12 hours to film the best part possible to get like a golden ticket to the street league. And... Um, we worked really well together with Winkle. I know him since I lived in Barcelona, so he just got me in the best condition to come at the, at the DC Embassy to film that part. And uh, I had an awesome day filming with him, and then I was uh, fortunate enough to win that, uh, that Street League uh, European uh, qualification contest, so I was able to enter Street League through this thing right there. And then that's when kind of the, everything started again, you know, like a snowball effect. Cab flip back tail to regs, baby. I watched that part so many times. <laughs> so sick. I was, I don't know. I'm sure I'm not alone. Like everyone who was paying attention to that contest yeah. was just fingers crossed. Like, let's get Bastion in street league. We missed this, this man being back, like fucking in the U S killing it. And, uh, you, you pulled through man. And then not only did you pull through leading right into our next question, you came second in your first street league. I was cheering for you like mad. <laughs> uh, were you hyped on coming in second or do you still think about that double flip front board that you landed on that would have had you win that first place massive check <laughs> no dude like i don't i don't really think about finishing first man tell you the truth like just being out there with all those crazy skaters finishing second was unbelievable you know like that day in kansas city was awesome Plus, you have to remember that Nigel still had one trick yeah. after me. Even if I would have learned that, uh, I think he made his trick. It could have been like maybe a backside to 70 nose blunt or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he did like but a kickback nose blunt or something crazy. <laughs> there you go. That that he probably made anyway. So uh, even if I would have pulled that one off, uh, it might have not even been enough. But I didn't even think about it like that. Like just finishing second was... was all bonus to me you know it was unexpected unbelievable like i mean like you said coming back from europe back to the u.s first street league i finished second i was like it was a perfect day for me you know of course it would have been better taking first but man i was so stoked super hype and everybody was just like really really stoked for me as well you know i didn't think they they expected it and i uh, mean either so no dude i was super hype on that yeah, we definitely were cheering for you to come in first, though. We wanted it. Okay, we get kind of sick of seeing Nigel win them all. And uh, he deserves it, though. He's killing it. You hold a soft spot in our hearts, so we are definitely pulling for you. Thanks, guys. Ski contests are a weird thing, man. I feel like a lot of people can't handle the pressure. And then uh, guys like you, you just get you love it, man. You love the energy, eh? Yeah, it's good, man. You share it with the crowd, and uh, we're all on the same boat. You know, we have those six tries to just kill it on the big section. <laughs> like, we came through, like, you know, those two sections prior to that, and then it all comes down to this, you know. So we all feel the same pressure, and uh, we, all, we all have different ways to express it, I guess, and uh, I love to have fun with it, you know. It's, uh, and like you said, too, earlier, the adrenaline and the pressure, and, uh, you know, you practice all day before to just do it right at that moment and when you're able to it's just an awesome feeling so it's fun man 
I feel like skateboarding is very like conservative. It's frowned upon to like cheer for yourself and and go crazy. Like there's so much like shit talking and skateboarding about that. But I feel like maybe when you were younger, people didn't appreciate it that much. But you're the one person who yeah. everyone just loves it. When I'm watch when I'm watching that with my friends and you land a crazy trick and you go crazy, we all go crazy. Yeah. The crowd goes crazy <laughs> at the contest. Like you got a free pass to do whatever you want, man. And I, we love it. Well, I feel like there is two different schools, you know, the very conservative dudes and like you're not supposed to show any emotions or whatnot and then the other half who doesn't give a fuck and, and are stoked and know it's all about fun and, you know, there's no rules in like how you're supposed to let your emotions out, you know what I mean? Like I totally get that people don't understand it or think it's over the top or whatnot, but I can't really think about that in the moment where I just feel... Uh, the way I feel, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm playing golf or tennis <laughs> where you have to be very conservative. You know, it's skateboarding. I mean, you can't be so serious about yeah. it, I think. No, for sure, man. We love it. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got blessed with the lost part that would have been your extremely sorry part. What happened with that, and why did it take uh, 10 years for us to see it? Well, I don't know. You should ask uh, you and Bowman about it, <laughs> the guy that made the Extremely Sorry video. But nah, what really happened is we basically filmed all those footage right before uh, uh, the breakup with Flip Skateboard. So I guess it was just, you know, he ended up with all those footage and then uh, didn't really know what to do uh, with it, which is understandable. And then um, one day, out of the blue, he emailed me. He's like, dude, like, I have this footage from back then. Like, are you, are you down if I'm just putting it out? I was like, man, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, I was thinking about putting it through Thrasher website. I was like, man, of course. Like, let's do it. And uh, I thought it was, like, really old and no one was, no one is going to really care about it. And then I was very surprised with, like, um, the hype around it and everything. So that was... So that was pretty cool, you know. That thing was, like you said, 10 years old, so I didn't expect uh, that kind of, like, um, uh, hype around it at all, you know. So I'm I'm really happy with the uh, people's response on that part, you know. Really unexpected. Mm, it was well worth the wait. Your fans were, were itching to see that for years. <laughs> I'm glad, like, that came out, you know. I'm glad people were stoked on it, for sure. I'm glad you, you, you had the idea to put it out, you know, like, and see that people were hype on it even 10 years later. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't put a cab flip front board out on a handrail, and then no one's ever done that. It's like the most crazy trick we've ever seen in a magazine, and then make the skate world wait ten years. Goddamn! But it was worth the wait. <laughs> that was insane. Like that part, if it came out ten years ago, oh, would have been so mind blowing. But even ten years later, it was still mind blowing. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Means a lot. So yeah, shouts to you and Bowman. Thank yep, you. Yep. Thanks, Ewan. Better late than never. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, nah, you killed it, man. Thanks, Ewan. When you left Flip, you just kind of forgot about the footy. You were like, yeah, whatever. I don't care about it. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Like, when people used to tell me, man, like, what about those footage? You should try to get them back. I was like, I don't I don't care about it. That's fine, man. Like, what? That's, that's, their, that's their property, man. I don't even care about it. <laughs> that's crazy. Most people would, like, be fighting to get it back. You're just like, yeah, screw it. No, nah, everything I wanted was... I didn't want to have no fighting, no arguing yeah. about nothing, you know. I wanted to be in peace, so that didn't matter to me at all. 
So, man, keeping that good relationship is what probably why he hit you up 10 years later. Yeah, or I guess he just found it one day. He's like, damn, what should I do with that thing? <laughs> Your cab flips are on point. God damn. Hella cab flips in that part. So, yeah, fast forward to the present, the comeback. Paul Rodriguez hits you up to ride for Primitive. How amazing was that for you? It was it was crazy, man. Like uh, it was a little bit before Primitive actually officially came out, so I didn't really know uh, what to expect from it. Like it didn't have like a precise idea of who was going to be on it and how the brand was going to look like. But I knew like uh, you know Paul Paul did everything throughout his career like very meticulously, and everything is clean. Like from the way he skates to the way he's like. Um, dealing with his career so i knew that you know we're not going to talk about something like so so you know i knew he wanted to do it big and uh dude it was really random you know we're just hanging out at his house watching a pacquiao uh, mayweather fight actually <laughs> and he's like hey dude like uh you want to come in the garage smoke a cigar i'm like yeah sure like i'll smoke a cigar with you and i just you know put it there on the on the table like yo i'm working on a on the board brand and he didn't have i guess he knew about the name but didn't t- t- told me the name back then he's like yo i'm working on a on the board brand and i was thinking uh i wanted you to be a part of it and i was like whoa what like okay like i'm down like right away i told him i'm down you know so that was that was like out of nowhere out of nowhere really must have been a nice cigar after that eh <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good cigar to start with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So you've rode for two of the great skateboard teams in skateboarding history, the Flip Team back in the early 2000s, and now you're on Primitive, who we like to call the West Coast All-Stars. What's the biggest difference between the sessions with your team then and your team now? Um, much more tech. <laughs> <laughs> you see some some crazy flipping flip out, trust me. It's heavy now for sure, man. I'm. I remember just watching Shane skate around the park or skate around the spot, and I'm just like, you know, I forget about myself even skating. I'm just like a fan, kind of being like watching him skate. I'm just like, God damn, like that dude is too good, you know. Or Carlos or Brian Peacock, all those dudes, man. Paul, of course. Everyone is mad talented, man. It's just nonstop progression around those dudes. It's crazy. It's amazing. Uh, seriously it's sick that you got you paul and divine like grew up in the the era before yep and killed it and then now you guys are still holding it down and then you got the next generation of guys who are just insane insane and your whole team's fucked (laughs) i mean it's a huge team and they're all insane yeah yeah i'm about to send spanish my sponsor me you know i'm saying trying to be the next pro on that bitch Good luck. <laughs> All right. I let him know to expect the tape. <laughs> what, what are his odds? Have you seen him skate? Nah, dude. I haven't seen you skate, man. That's nah, probably for the better. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Shane O'Neill and P-Rod switch trays ain't got nothing on mine. That's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> you uh, need a lot more than that. So you were injured for a while. Uh, how are you feeling now? Are you back on the board? Yeah, I've been starting skating like for uh, about a month, month and a half. You know, it's slowly getting together. Uh, My knee doesn't feel 100% yet, so I'm still kind of tiptoeing on my board, not going anything crazy, but I'm just stoked to be able to be back on the board, you know, even skating flat ground or ledges. I don't do anything big yet. I don't jump any stairs or anything like that, but I've been rolling around the barracks, you know, skating with those dudes a little bit, and I had fun, you know. I know I got a 
do more work with the physiotherapy to get my uh, my knee 100 percent, and that's what I do. Like uh, just work super hard to be able to skate like like if nothing happened, you know. So just try to be patient and uh, listen to my body until I feel like I'm ready to go, you know. Mm-hmm. For sure. What was the uh, injury? I torn my ACL. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, it's a long comeback. Yeah, it's tough, man. I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but it was definitely harder than than I expected, you know. What's it's the timetable on that? Almost a year? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, between 10 to 10 months to a year. Well, we're glad you're back on the board and can't wait to see what you got up your sleeve next. Thanks, man. I can't wait. Can't wait to be back. So, uh, good friend of the show, Spanish Mike. <laughs> His episode aired back in season one. Can you uh, tell the world why Mike is the best team manager of all time? Why is he the best team manager of all time? Well, because uh, he's very passionate and he loves skateboarding. He loves what he does. So I would say that's, that's one of the main reasons right there. He's very passionate. You got a funny story about Mike you want to share with the world? <laughs> no, not really a story, but just a vision. Imagine uh, imagine Spanish trying to climb over a fence for like <laughs> about, <laughs> for about like four, four minutes while we're all already over there skating, you know, something like that. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. So what's next for Bastian Salabanzi? Uh, getting healthy and uh, start ripping... Uh, ASAP, you know, like I can't wait, can't wait to get healthy and then get back on the board, go street skate with those dudes and uh, and film, get all those ideas like on film again, you know, because you can't skate, but your brain still thinks and and process skate tricks and everything. Yeah, almost goes twice as fast. Yeah, dude, I can't wait, I can't wait. So yeah, there's so many things that are on standby right now and I can't wait to get back on the board, start filming again, maybe... Uh, to a banging at the barracks or battle commander or something like that and then film video parts and get back to street league all that hell yeah we're excited 2017 <laughs> we hope it's a good one for you man hell yeah me too dude Y'all know what time it is. Rapid fire with the ghost. The big homie Bastion in the building. Let's get it, Doug. Favorite skater? Uh, day one song. Favorite video? It's a hard hard pick between the mouse video and the trilogy. Favorite video part? Lava McBride in the trilogy video. Favorite style? I would have to go with Mark Johnson. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Oh, Shane O'Neill. Damn, yeah. They're like all on your on primitive. They're all your teammates. <laughs> I didn't know Mark Johnson was on primitive, really. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Favorite trick? Switch heel. Hardest trick for you? Switch hard flip. Most illegal trick? I would say I'm not a big fan of Benny Hanna's. <laughs> even, even though it's legal, it's totally legal, but uh, I would not just, I wouldn't go for that. <laughs> yeah. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? That line in... Uh, in the Lord's video, they don't give a fuck about us at Magba, where I finish with a, with a switch big spin hill down the stairs at Magba. It's like a crook nose manual in the middle of it. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? A trick from Shane O'Neill, but I can't, I can't tell you because it's not out yet. <laughs> what about one you can tell us? I know you've seen all the crazy shit in the flip days with Ardo and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, probably... 
probably Mark doing that nolly kick flip back 50 down the uh, down clipper. Damn, you're there for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe it. You ever try anything on clipper? No, man. That spot is weird. It's really round. Like it's it's actually kind of a strange one. The size is is good, but the actual curb has been like so much skated that there's no edges on it. You know, like it's never tried anything on it. I don't like that spot. <laughs> Worst bunt of your career? Uh, I tried a kickflip backflip on Wilshire 15. Oh, and uh, I didn't end up very well. <laughs> Damn. I, I went down I went down hard. That's pain. <laughs> what trick was the biggest battle for you to land? Probably the kickflip from board, man. Mentally, the I, I wasn't it was so hard for me to to do that first try, you know, to just mm -hmm. jump on it, to decide that I was going to go for it. So, yeah, that that like that mind battle to just get yourself to jump on it was very very hard, but you know, we drove 7 hours from Malay oh to go God. there, so I knew that was like now and then I had to do it. There was no coming back to it. So that was very, very tough. So it was the mental battle, not the yeah. physical battle. Yeah, the, uh, man, sometimes it's like that, man. It's harder. Yeah. What's the one trick that got away? I was super close so many times to do switch heel down uh, a long time ago down Santa Monica triple set right before uh, Eric Austin did it. I actually tried it before him and then I landed it so many times either my board was shooting out or i did so many wheel bite i remember atiba was there he showed me the photo i was like oh dude like that's that's a killer shot like i got it and then tried it for like an hour and a half and got robbed every time never did it yeah. and then not long after i saw Costin that did it i was like <laughs> damn oh man uh, it's all good you did that one in uh in europe with the amazing back foot catch yo <laughs> bless up that's shifty <laughs> yeah who's your guilty pleasure skater what's what's this guy's name i can't remember him you know that guy that kind of have like a he kind of dresses like uh we're like the in the 18s uh 1800s oh, with his master jackson there you go that dude is awesome <laughs> man i wish i could skate like him so i would have to go with richie richie jackson <laughs> yeah the, just this vision of skateboarding is just mind-blowing man like his imagination is insane he's unique hell yeah Favorite local brand? Uh, we don't really have local brands where I'm at, but I would have to go with Soldier, Soldier Grip Tape, man, my homie brand. So I support it 100%. Hell yeah! Uh, favorite local skater? I would I would have to go with Brandon Beeble. Favorite teammate ever? Oh, easy, Ali Bulala. Worst trend? Uh, doing a duck mouse uh, when you're taking a selfie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Worst style? Yeah, let's just go with Russell Rusbrook. There you go. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk shit on no skater, man. Oh, the way he dresses, that's definitely, definitely like a red card right there for sure. All the sports fans will definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah, man, he needs to take it easy on that, man. That's too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much. Last person you want on the sesh? Uh, the cops. Real talk. We haven't even heard that yet either, so... Thank you. All right. That's going to wrap up the interview with Bastion. My man, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. It was fun. So hyped to hear your story firsthand and uh, can't wait to share it with, uh, with our listeners. Thank you so much, homie. It's time to get into the post office brought to you by our good friends at Time Bomb Trading. And this week we talk in Altamont. Brand new spring, 
2017 collection is just hitting stores right now. So make sure you get down to your local skate shop and check it out. If you want to be dressed to the nines like a boss, go get yourself some Altamont gear and you'll look like the boss, Andrew Reynolds. The Spring 17 collection offers a wide variety of t-shirts, tank tops, jeans, chinos, sweaters, button-ups, you name it, they make it. I don't know why y'all looking elsewhere. Go get yourself some Altamont gear. Altamont's got gear for the finest skaters, musicians, artists, and beyond. So go put the capital B in boss and get yourself some Altamont gear. You've got mail. First up, we got an email from Riley Lever. What's good, boys? Been listening since the start of season two. Loving the interviews. Just wanted to know who we can expect in the future. Possible Will Marshallting? Maybe even some Nova Scotia dudes like Johnny Purcell, Xander Mitchell, Kyle McDonald, question mark? <laughs> Anyways, good looks on the podcast, boys. Much love from Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, still. Yeah, thanks for the love from Nova Scotia. Me and Donald love Nova Scotia. We do. Been a few times, you know what I'm saying? Always a good time. Definitely got our eyes on Kyle McDonald, one of the most entertaining dudes in Canadian skateboarding history. <laughs> so, uh, like we always say, don't hold your breath, but we gonna get to every one of these motherfuckers one of these days. It's all coming, man. And Will Marshall, everybody wants to hear from Will Marshall, so... Uh we're going to let the fans do the talking there. Yeah, y'all can start a petition. All right, next up, we got an email from James Wells. Best and worst skating song combo in a part. Also, the Bunt product coming soon. Been listening to you guys nonstop. Best skate podcast out there. Love, James. James, you know the product's coming soon, man. It's a worldwide thing, dog. We're going to hit y'all with some T-shirts, some hoodies, you know, some lawn chairs, some fucking... Whatever you need, dog. Some Benson basketball jerseys. <laughs> there you go, man. Number eight. Have that retired on a wall near you soon. <laughs> All right. But as far as this question goes, we're going to chop it up. I'm going to do the worst. Save is going to do the best. You know, at first I thought this was a tough question, and then it automatically popped in my head, man. It's the easy one. Nigel Houston, his oh my fucking God part. I don't even know what the fuck that song was, but dog, who's editing your shit, bro? Seriously. Like, you need help. <laughs> we'll edit for you, dog. That's what it's going to be. Shots, bruv. The song is Thrill of the Kill by Early Man. Fucking trash ass scrub. <laughs> I was going to go classic because that's easier, but I decided to switch it up. You know, I could have done Heath Kirchhardt's song in Sight Unseen or Wade Mighty D Block. You know, the instant classics. You just did. You just wanted to give three answers. Yeah, it's, it shouts to, <laughs> to them, guys. But uh, no, I... The, my favorite recent combo in the last couple of years, because, you know, these days tracks and video parts aren't as memorable, but this one jumped out at me. It's the first song I downloaded in a long time from a skate video, and it was Max Geronzi in his Going Pro part, and the song is Headbanger by EPMD. Young Redman, so blessed. Turn up. Next, we got an email from Michael Austin. What up, Bunt? Long-time listener, second-time emailer. Thought I recognized that name. What is your take on the Abaka acquisition? I feel like the Raps definitely got the better of the deal, but is it enough to make them a contender in the coming years? Second, and from a Lions fan, in uh, brackets, fuck me, right? Congrats on another Super Bowl win, Dono. So this one's for you, Seifa, because I know what Dono would answer. Was that game the best comeback ever or the worst collapse ever? Cheers, Michael. 
First of all, we'll get, we're going to get to the Ibaka ting in the rundown. You know what I mean? We still haven't broke that news yet. I guess Michael <laughs> Michael Dunn broke the news. Breaking news. Eight days later after Bleacher Report. So was that the worst collapse ever or the best comeback ever? Before Seifa gives his, uh, his answer, I'm going to go ahead and say the worst uh, collapse ever that I've witnessed. I mean, Atlanta's close second, but uh, Scott B won the fucking Leafs, blew that playoff series. Game seven against the Bruins, up 4-1 in the third. Thought we were cruising, you know, first playoff appearance in fucking 50 years, it felt like. Thought we were going to the second round, lo and behold, they blew it. Well, thanks for answering your own question that you made up. No one uh, was Just wondering. Just know, man. No one was wondering about that, but... They were. <laughs> I'm going to go with that was the greatest comeback ever. Let's go. Because the Falcons didn't really, it didn't really seem like they collapsed. They just never had the ball. Tom Brady was uh, executing when he needed to. He killed the clock perfectly. Or he wasn't really trying to kill the clock, but like his clock management was impeccable. The Falcons didn't have the ball too much. And uh, yeah, that was an epic comeback more than an epic collapse. Keep going, man. In my mind. Moving on. Tell him about tell him about Julian Edelman. All right, moving on. We got an email from Russell Johnston. Frequent bunter. Hey guys, I'm a big fan of the show and an ardent supporter of all things Canadian. Congratulations on expanding your listener base. During your interview with Stefan, Safa neglected to request a box. Not sure if you may want to follow up <laughs> with the big Janowski or if the vans are holding him down. I have three questions for you. One, any plans to get Travis Stanger on the show? Yes, we're trying. Two, what is your stance on golf? It's fun to play, but I just go out to have a couple beers. I only ever caddied for my grandparents once when I was super young. No interest, but uh, shouts to Tiger Wood. <laughs> Tiger Wood. <laughs> Woods, golf has never been the same without you on top. <laughs> Three, what is your stance on pug dogs? Well... Can't say anything too bad because DGK Wade owns one, so we got love for the Pugs. Hella love for the Pugs. Banksy's a real one. You know what I'm saying? Kept me company when I was wasted on Wade's couch in Vancouver a couple summers back. Always got love for the Pugs. Real talk. And uh, anybody out there who loves Pugs, search up the the video on YouTube of the Pug trying to jump over a log. Great watch. And uh, back to your original thing. I didn't hit up Janowski for a box because... Tell him. Cause, uh, cause I already be getting them fat boxes, and yo, come on, bro. Shout out, yo. This just came to me, but I got a, a brand new pair of LeBron James shoes right next to me. Undercover just fan. came out of nowhere. So Craig at Nike, major shouts, my main man, holding me down. I don't know if he was pranking me, sending me LeBrons, cause y'all know I I ain't a LeBron fan, but still the gesture, incredible. Didn't ask for them, they just showed up. Does so, Craig listen? Shouts to Nike. Yeah, he listens, but he probably turns it off at sports. And Yo, the- Craig, man, how are you going to send the homie LBJs when you know I'm LBJ's number one fan, dog? There's two peeps over here at Studio E. So uh, next time, two shoes or more, bro. That's the rule. <laughs> uh, shouts, Craig. Next up, we have uh, an email. I don't know. It's, it's a recognizable name, but uh, looks like he still can't half cab heel. <laughs> Got another one coming in from Adam Colavecchia. Safe Haas. All about them petty internet feuds, yo. Wow, he actually called me Safe Haas? Yeah. It's all good. I ain't ashamed of this judo kick. Toss it up on the Insta and we'll see who gets more likes. 
Let the people expose who's really talking shit. <laughs> hey, get the dude at Loft to turn up the AC too, cause y'all need he's about to sweat. I'm like, yo, I'm I've had enough of this kid, yo. We might actually have to post this photo on Instagram and and let the people do the work, you know? I think we will. I wish there was like a negative like thing where like you could just Get the hate You know what I'm saying You know YouTube It's like you get the so thumbs we'll just, up we'll, We're going to put it on wax right now Only like the photo of the half cab heel If you actually dislike it Does that work? <laughs> oh so it's going to be a battle between likes Yeah Actually you know that doesn't make sense Whatever we're going to throw it up there People are going to see you got a rolled ankle in the air I don't know what the fuck your front foot's doing But <laughs> looks like you also got some, some DCs on Yo, if you guys are down with your boy, the ghost, let Adam know what's good in them comments, yo. Hit him hard. Feel free to like it, but also let him know what's really good. He ain't scared. He sent us the photo so we could post it. He can yeah. he can handle the shit talk, apparently. He's, he's, he's talking loud. Safe Haas. He's coming at you, bro. And I'm going to make uh, my own half cab heel edit coming soon. Coming uh, 2019. All right, next up, we got an email from Adam. The real Adam, not that Colavecchia fucking scrub. Uh, Trash ass. Subject, Josh Clark. What up, G's? I've been listening to your podcast recently, and I'm stoked on the interviews you've been getting. I've heard you name drop Josh Clark a few times so far. Name drop? Come on, dog. That ain't a, that ain't a name I'm dropping. That's my main man. <laughs> and was wondering when you'd be getting an interview with him. It would be sick to hear from a new Brunswick legend. Also, a Brian Gotro one would be blessed. Also, shout out to the New Brunswick skate scene. They're holding it down for the East Coast. Peace, Adam. New Brunny, yo. Turn up. Yeah. I want to thank New Brunswick personally for blessing the skate world with Josh Clark, one of my favorite humans and one of my favorite people to skate and just hang out with. Eventually, me and Savior, we're going to pack up all the equipment we got here in Studio E, and we're going to take it to Montreal, and we're going to hit up all the Montreal skaters we can. It ain't going to be easy. It's going to be a lot of work, probably probably going to involve a lot of beers as well. But it's going down. We're going to do a Montreal month. I just made that up, man. Four straight eps of Montreal, guys. You got that, Ghost? Okay. Sound all right? Whatever you say. But uh, And <laughs> Josh Clark is right at the top of that list, so don't you worry. Coming soon. Probably season four. All right, last email here. Coming in from Kashmir Malenfant. You like that, say? Hi, the bunt. Kashmir here. Long-time stalker, first-time approacher. First of all, let me say I like your show and have listened to all of the episodes except for two. Wonder what they are. The advertisement of a van shoe makes me giggle and the lyricism of the catchphrase rapid fire with the ghost sometimes makes me repeat out loud with joy. Now for my question. Would you rather lick a rat's pussy every month for 10 years or be married to and live with Braden Sazafransky for the same amount of time? Please the honest answer. Keep up the good work. Tough one, but uh, I don't know. Like, twisted. You're going to live with Brayden. I mean, there's nothing really that bad about living with him, I guess. Being married to him is just like just a piece of paper that says you're married. There's nothing you actually have to do that's bad. I'm pretty sure the guy's got some money, lives in Cali, probably got a nice crib. Uh, I'm, I'm living with Brayden yeah. straight up. Are you kidding me? Who's trying to lick a rat, man? Like, let alone its pussy. I ain't even trying to lick its head. Nothing. <laughs> Where do you come up with this question, fam? You need to take the time that you use to think of this question and write the email to listen to those two episodes you skipped, bro. Real talk. I'm living with Brayden, skating with uh, 
the Baker boys, or I don't know if he's still down with them. I wish that we could have got down with them. I damn you damn right you wish you could have got down with us. But it didn't happen. So don't be mad at me. Be mad at the nigga negotiating your deals. If you ain't down, got down, down with there. us, if anyone's boys with TK listening, send them our direction. Email us his contact. We we need that man on the show. And that's also my favorite soundbite of all time in skateboarding. That's why the fuck we get those Vans checks. You smell me? That's a TK. <laughs> all right. Is that it? That's it, brother. It's a wrap these days. y'all just like we promised in the intro we staying true to ourselves and we sticking to this sports ting we don't give a shit what dgk wade says on the nine club we ain't going nowhere you feel me <laughs> but yeah shouts shouts to y'all for the shout out yeah it's a worldwide ting you feel me thanks fellas all right y'all it was hard to stay in touch with what was going on being in nicaragua with no internet but uh Donald's going to educate me on All-Star Weekend and then blockbuster trades that popped off. What happened while I was away? Shit got real, dog. And I ain't talking about the skills comp or the dunk comp because they was trash, but the All-Star game was all right. So first thing you missed, Ibaka to the wraps. We didn't have to give up much. A low-end first-round pick and T. Ross, they on their way out, but the big man's coming in, bro. What's this do for the squad? Oh, man, it does everything and more. <laughs> I'm so happy. I think a couple weeks ago, you know, on Wax, we said that Ibaka to the Raps was a blessed thing. What do you know? Our dreams got answered. We geniuses on the bunt. You smell me? Anyways, we finally have that power forward that we've been searching for for years. Kind of like the Clippers been searching for that three guard for years. Our, our prayers have been answered. It's that time to put up a real fight in the playoffs. The Raps suck balls these days, and hopefully he can mesh. Uh, in time for the playoffs because uh, we really need that boost. So I just read a rumor on, a, on one of our favorite apps, the Bleacher Report. The Raps ain't done, baby. They out there, they trying to acquire Andre Drummond for Jonas Valanciunas in a piece. Can you imagine? We got Andre and Serge one and two in the front court. Do we got to make this deal or what? 10,000%. If we acquire Andre Drummond and get rid of Valanciunas' soft ass who needs the basketball when we got two ball dominant guards all-stars you know what i'm saying <clears throat> it's the perfect thing drummond doesn't need his play called he has developed a nice offensive game in the last season and a half uh, so that would be welcome but i can't even imagine that starting five Ooh. we'd actually we'd actually have legitimate hope to uh, really challenge the Cavs this year and anyone else who comes across our path in the east so like i said this past weekend was all-star weekend the saturday night festivities they sucked. Sunday night was a little bit better. We had the game. Anthony Davis, New Orleans Pelican himself, took home MVP with 52 points in the game. Did you get to, you get to watch it at all? Uh, no, I was at this bar called Republica around the corner, sipping tonias and a couple of rum drinks. You smell me? You didn't get to see it. Was, it was a good game. You know, there's a, a couple passes from, from Russ to KD. They hooked up on an alley-oop. And then uh, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr quickly called the timeout after and when they both came to the bench, everyone surrounded them, started going crazy, jumping up and down. It was a good moment. But New Orleans saved the best for last and what some are calling the Italian job too. They stole Boogie Cousins for next to nothing. Just a nut grabber and Buddy Heald and a couple of picks. <laughs> what 
in the hell were the Kings thinking, dog? You know what's funny about that? They traded Buddy Heald for DeMarcus, and it was Buddy Heald who grabbed DeMarcus's nuts like four or five days prior. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> On the court, ejected. Yeah. First I'm, of all, first of all, value the trade. Did they get anything back in return that is anywhere close to the value of Boogie Cousins? Not even like a tenth of the value of Boogie is what they got back. But I mean, we'll, we'll see what the picks turn into. But uh, he's no. a fr- he's a franchise center. And there wasn't that much of a market out there for him because the culture, or sorry, not culture, the uh, the distractions and the uh, locker room cancer factor, if you will, were so next level with DeMarcus. If you're a Kings fan, you definitely hope to get an all-star back at the least. But I think they had no choice. They had to move on, and they didn't want to re-sign him clearly. So it's better to get next to nothing than nothing, you know, in free agency. Absolutely. So now he's paired with Anthony Davis, the brow. Is this going to be the best front court ever in NBA history? And it's a big statement, man. It's a big statement. The only other one that's coming to mind right now. San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, Tim Duncan and David Johnson. I mean, uh, David Robinson. David Johnson. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I'd have to go way back. Maybe like one of them. So it's the best you Celtics can think of. Team. Yeah, it's the best I can think of by far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they mesh on the court. It might be a weird one. First no, couple games going to be tough. Yeah. Centers around the league and power forwards are going to start catching uh, Shaq fever when he used to come to town. The opposing starting center would uh, oddly just feel sick that game and uh, step out and let that backup take a nice beating. Bro, I ain't trying to go up against them too. But yo, Ibaka and, and Drummond Drummond? on the raps, they ain't scared, baby. They oh, ain't no scared, yo. Ibaka gonna kill y'all with that range, baby. All right, last little NBA topic here. Magic Johnson takes over as the Lakers president of basketball operations. They fired their uh, their existing president and uh, Jim Buss and their existing GM and Jim Kupchak. Mitch. And uh, <laughs> Mitch Kupchak, my dog's bright day for the Los Angeles Lakers. Is he gonna get that one superstar they need to compete with the Warriors? Let me just start off by saying... It's better late than never. Jim Bust, you should have been gone years ago, but obviously it's touchy with your sister owning the team now and calling the shots. She uh, tried to give her brother as much time. Uh, When he first got the job and first started stinking it up, he famously said, all I need is one year. (laughs) And talking about getting them back to contention. And uh, apparently his his brothers and sisters were all involved in the organization all just kind of chuckled at him. And then he was like, oh, let me take that back. All I need is three years. If we're not, if we're not a contending team in the next three years, I will, I will step down from this position. Well, it's been over three years, and his bitch ass tried to stick around, uh, hoping because his sister is running the show that, you know what I'm saying, he could buy himself some more time. Well, your time's up, dog. Get the <laughs> fuck out of the Lakers organization, you piece of trash. <laughs> Mitch Kupchak, I used to have love for you. But um, all the moves you've made in the last couple of years with Jim have been to save your ass and put Band-Aids on cuts that needed stitches. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, uh, nice little one there. Luol Dang and Mozgov were your last two mistakes. It's time for Magic Johnson to take over and finally steer us in the right direction, baby. Let's go. All right, before we wrap up the basketball talk, just one thing I wanted to throw out there. 
On Wax, the Sacramento Kings GM referred to Buddy Heald as the next Steph Curry. How wrong is he? <laughs> yeah, I read that and all I could do is laugh. Uh, I don't think it was his GM. It President was, or it, owner? It was or their something? owner, yeah, I knew. Vivek. Oh my. Uh, and that dude is one of the dumbest. <laughs> like, well, he's a genius because he's a fucking billionaire. Yeah. But in terms of basketball, he's he's a new owner. And like, as you know from professional sports, uh, the Jerry Joneses of the world, when they come in and they're that cocky and they've had so much success in life before owning a team that they think they know it all, they come in. <clears throat> sorry, there's a reason you hire a general manager. There's a reason you hire scouts. There's a reason you hire a coach because you don't know it all and you need to surround yourself with people that do. Well, Vivek is a clown. So if he thinks Buddy Heald is the next Steph Curry, unfortunately, that probably means he'll be out of the league in two years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, no, I'm not going to go no, that hard. The only team that that guy should be in charge of, and even this is a question, is a goddamn fantasy team. <laughs> they, the shit they're doing down there in Sacramento makes absolutely no sense, man. But all right, that's going to wrap up our NBA talk. All right, we out here. Thanks so much to Bastion, the legend. Thanks so much to everyone listening. We'll be back like Cook Crack next week. Hell yeah, man. We out here staying true to ourselves. Y'all, big shouts out to Quarter Snacks. We love y'all. Another shout out to the Village Psychic. Thank you, my dude, for the care package. We love them boxes up in Studio E. And thanks to everyone listening, y'all. Peace. <laughs>